Hello, everyone, and welcome to Picture the Scene podcast, hosted by me, Andrew. And me, Rachel. Please note that this is a true crime podcast, so listener caution is advised. Now, we'd love you to interact with us on our social medias. We can be found by searching for us on Facebook by typing in Picture the Scene podcast, or we're at ScenePod, that's at S-E-E-N-E-P-O-D on Instagram or Twitter. So enough of that. Uh, before we get started, we mentioned that I was going to be on Twisted Britain a couple of episodes ago, and that is now live. So please do go and check it out if you feel so inclined to do so. So Rachel, how's life treating you? Yeah, it's really good. Thanks, Andrew. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. You've been okay since we last spoke. You've recovered from leading the last episode. I'm still on uh, the roller coaster high of uh, the last recording, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's life's been pretty sweet. Had some lovely feedback for some from some new listeners, um, it, basically my friends, <laughs> and uh, and that was nice to hear. So so yeah, all good, all good. How about you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Actually, we've had we've had we have had some great feedback for you on our socials. I, I probably haven't told you, but yeah. Oh, lovely. People have been loving it, Rachel. So are you ready for some true crime? I am. I'm definitely ready to um, sit in the passenger seat this week. Great. So before I start, I just want to thank Analia for recommending a case. It's one I, I didn't know about, but what I found fascinating. Now, she likes her show and also she's just a really nice person as well. So thank you, Analia. Yeah, thank you. That sounds, um, I'm really looking forward to this case today. Um, and I am just going to caveat with apologies if you can hear drilling in the background. There is a little bit of work going on here. So uh, I will try and uh, keep my, um, keep that out, out of the. Okay. Are you having another wing added to the house? <laughs> not quite, not quite. Um, I'm actually moving house next week, but, uh, but no, it's not me. It's the next door neighbor. So uh so yeah, if you can't hear that just then, probably not getting picked up, but just in case you could, there's somebody getting handy with a drill next door. I couldn't hear it, but don't worry if you move house, I'll, I'll still be able to find you. So <laughs> that's a joke for our listeners. <laughs> if it's safe for you to do so, I'd like all of you to relax, close your eyes and picture the scene. Today, I want to take you back to Valentine's Day, the 14th of February, 1988, just over 34 years ago to the coastal city of Mar del Plata in Argentina. Now, Mar del Plata is in the province of Buenos Aires, the second biggest city in that province, and its full name is Mar del Rio de la Plata, which translates to the Sea of the Rio de la Plata Basin. And it's on the Atlantic, so no, it's no surprise that apart from fishing, tourism is the main driver of the local economy, with its beach resorts being famous in both Argentina and South America as a whole. Lovely, really set the scene there it sounds beautiful and it's that reason why we're there in the early hours tourism just before 6 a.m to be exact of the morning of the 14th of february 1988 and even though it's just almost 6 a.m it's still dark and the sun was set to rise about 30 or 40 minutes later but it was warm and you know the type when you go on holiday and you can't believe it's the time it is but it's still so nice just like that type of warmth. Yeah, and it, actually, the reason why you can't believe the time it is because no sensible human should be up at 6 a.m. when they're on holiday. But sometimes you can't sleep, whether it's the excitement of being on holiday or the fact that you're jet-lagged. But now I get it. Yes, or other things, maybe some substances. So, <laughs> Or that, yeah. Uh, we're in a beachside condo and the sea is calm. 
the weather is warm and nice and it's still dark but it's at the stage of the month oh my headphones are falling off one second sorry <laughs> i'll leave that in sorry listeners um the weather is warm and it's nice and it's still dark so it's at that stage of the month where it's almost no moon visible so there's no moonlight so the stars shone beautifully in what little darkness was left before the sun brought a fresh day along with it making an already beautiful part of the world seem even more magical that dreams could happen and maybe they even do i somehow feel like you've lured me into a false sense of security with this case i'm definitely definitely feeling the love but i'm also conscious that it's a true crime podcast exactly now on that on that night the early hours of valentine's day two people carlos monson and his wife alicia Muniz would fall from the balcony of that condo, leaving Carlos with an injured soldier. Soldier, I can't say that word. (laughs) He didn't have any men with him. Um, And Alicia, dead. But what happened? Hang on, what was injured? His shoulder. Shoulder, okay. Shoulder, I can't say it. Um, Was there foul play at hand? Or was this a tragic accident? Now, I'm, I'm seemingly struggling to speak today, so apologies, people, for listening. But... Let me introduce you to Alicia Muniz. Now, Alicia was, by all accounts, quite a remarkable woman. She was 32 years old at the time of her death and had already been a successful model and actress, with it widely known that she was both beautiful and highly intelligent, having starred in both theatre and movies alike, and she was known all over Argentina. Now, Alicia had been modelling and acting from her teenage years and had recently started modelling again, after taking a few years away from the spotlight after her marriage to Carlos and the birth of their son, Maximiliano. Outwardly, all seemed to be going well for her. But as we know, Rachel, that doesn't mean what was happening behind closed doors, so to speak. No, sounds ominous, Andrew. It does indeed. I'd now like to introduce you to Carlos Monzon, who was nicknamed Escopeta, which is shotgun in Spanish. And he was nicknamed that not because he had a love for guns, but because he was a professional boxer. He was born in 1942, and he would have been 45 at the time we're talking about. So he was retired, but he had a long and successful career behind him. Do we know, do we know what kind of boxer? Like lightweight, middleweight? Middleweight. Oh, right. Okay. I'll, I'll get on to that now. So. No, I was just going to say, like, if he injured his shoulder, how old would he have been at the time? Sorry. At 45. So he, he had retired. Oh, he was retired. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I was going to say like, that would have been a ball ache if he was still competing. Yeah. She competed and won titles uh, with a bullet lodged in him. In him. Ew. And I'll, I'll go into that later, but, um, but yeah, he had retired at this point. Man. I don't know. Like there's quite controversial boxing results the other weekend. And um, I can't tell you who it was, but unfortunately I was made to watch the match um but i actually don't like watching the boxing because i just can't cope when they are hit and they stumble like what must be going on inside their their head and their body for their knees to like just buckle out of seemingly nowhere but actually in fact they've just been hit so hard and in the side of the temple that their body doesn't know how to function and yeah i just think that's someone's son or daughter um, or someone's husband or wife or, you know, someone's daddy or mummy. And, like, for me, yeah, that's quite overwhelming and intense. I just can't can't watch it. I don't know how people stand in the crowd and watch, like, fight after fight after fight 
of these events? I, I have to admit, I, I love boxing. So um, I see your point of view. I, I do. I, Sorry, I was just going to say, I do like the way. And you know, when they're, they're like proper bitching at each other, like, oh, I'm going to beat you. No, I'm going to beat you. No, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> but like, yeah, when they actually get in the ring, a bit intense. See, it's the opposite for me. I, I just like the skill and the tactics and, and just the perseverance. But yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. It's not a pretty sight when that happens. So Carlos was widely accepted, both inside and outside of Argentina, as one of the best fighters in his division ever. So not just of his generation, but his forever. He, wow. was, a, he was a middleweight. And while his career began remarkably, losing three and drawing three in his first 20 fights, he would then go on to record 56 victories around Brazil and Argentina in fights before he was finally recognised globally by both his peers and fans. And so, he, so did he lose any fights? Um, in, in, at the beginning, he lost three, oh, right. but he, he didn't lose any after that. Wow. And he was given a ranking of, after the 50 straight victories, he was given a ranking of number 10 in the world and he was given a chance of a title fight. Now, Monzon showed his ability by shocking the boxing world by winning that title fight, becoming champion, and then he would go on to defend his title an impressive 14 times over the next six years, and he finally retired at the top of his game as champion. Wow. Now, boxing historian Ted Spoon, who is acknowledged as being a really good historian, would say this about Carlos. He said, Carlos was a beast of a fighter, a bit nasty. He was not one who relied on him inti- intimidation, but he was a school bully in there as he spotted his opponents about until he crumbled. And also, fellow fighters loved him too. One such fighter being Mike Tyson, who I think we all know, who said this about him. I always loved Carlos Monzon. He was a tough guy, really, a guy from the street. He did not talk much. He did not have to. The ring was his thing. Wow. Yeah, a lot of them... Um... I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly say that there'd be many boxers that were like nice guys, no. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. They do their talking with their fists, don't they? They do indeed. Now, Carlos was adored by the Argentinian public and he still is by some with comparisons I've seen online, putting him up there with the likes of Maradona and Messi in the sporting okay. hero range. Yeah, I know that's for, so for that country. So based on his sporting exploits, you can understand why he was loved. So Ar- Argentinians, are obviously very passionate about all sportsmen not yes. just specifically like footballers right yeah wow mm. it's nice it's nice like when a country gets behind like sports and sports men and women not just a single most popular sport yeah no they're very passionate people so carlos however he had a dark side, one that emerged long before that fateful Valentine's Day in 1988. One that could be summed up for, in a quote from Carlos himself that he gave during his, one of his many interviews for media. And that quote is this, I beat all my women except one and nothing ever happened to any of them. Uh-oh. So that's quite a statement to say to a national media outlet, I beat all my women except one. And well, I couldn't get this confirmed. Uh, many believe the one he was talking about was his mother. Oh. So it's not I mean, at all. He still beats all the other women in yeah, his life. You, you totally polished a turd there. Yes. Like, awful that he beats all the women in his life, but how lovely that he spared his mum. Yes, exactly. So let's look at that a little bit more, why don't we? Because regardless of who you are, where you come from, making a statement like that to a national media outlook, outlets in an interview is pretty bold wouldn't you say 
Absolutely. And you can you can absolutely tell that this was not a statement that was made in the days of social media because like with the cancel culture, that just would have been well, he'd have probably been arrested and um like fully investigated, which is absolutely the right thing to do. But like just nowadays you wouldn't get well, people have like managers, don't they? Managing all the comms that come out in the social medias and managing content in interviews and things like that. Although it doesn't stop Wayne Rooney telling a national television station that he wanted to harm. Was it John Terry when he got his spikes so, redone on his football was, boots? Yeah, but that's not. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, yes. That's a no, whole but, conversation. Um, yeah. So why would you get into that situation in so much that it even came up in an interview? Mm. I'll leave that question with you for a moment. So Monzon, he was so popular in Argentina. When I was reading about him, it reminded me of Manny Pacquiao. When, when Monzon mm. fought Argentina, when Monzon fought, Argentina would stand still. There'd be no traffic, radios, and the TV were all turned on, all watching him. And it's really cool when that, that type of thing happens. When I used to live in the Philippines, that would happen when Pacquiao would fight. Everywhere would go quiet, even the streets that always had, I mean, there were some streets near me that even had traffic jams at four o'clock in the morning. And But when Pacquiao fought, it was like a ghost town. And also, I was living in Spain, actually, believe it or not, when Spain won the World Cup. And it was a similar experience during the game, not afterwards, afterwards it was crazy, but during the game, it was a similar experience. You, it could be a zombie town here was that quiet. It's just so surreal and so rare. So it shows you how much Carlos was loved and how important he was to culture at the time that that happened. Absolutely. And like, makes your hair stand on end when you think that like how passionate like his fans were about him and his country were about him and probably how he was about his fans and his country as well. Yeah. So like I said, though, he had a dark side. So let's look a little bit at about his history, shall we? Do we have to? Yes, I'm we quite do. happy to leave it there. Yeah. He was a great fighter. Everyone loved him. Hurt his shoulder, yes. fell off the balcony, yeah. So <laughs> at 12, it had been said that he was sold for a few pesos at a time to give entertainment to adults by fighting on the streets. And he came from a very poor background. He was poor, he was angry, but he was determined to get out of his situation. He turned professional at the age of 20, but he would later go on to fight more than 100 times professionally. That's a lot of fights. Mm. That's a lot more than boxers do nowadays. Well, yeah, I think um, I think obviously it wasn't like, I don't even know whether it's properly regulated nowadays, but what wouldn't have been regulated then to like look after that that man's like head <laughs> yeah not as, yeah not as much as it is now but yeah so in in 19 i mentioned he was shot earlier and he had a bullet in him so yeah. in, in 1973 carlos would be shot twice initially claiming he accidentally shot himself as he was what? about to i know as he was about to go hunting saying he dropped a gun and he went off and he joked with the new new york daily news that everybody is taking a shot at middleweight champ carlos mons on these days now um like you can't accidentally shoot yourself twice. No. No. And what? What? So the context of that, like, was it published? What kind of gun? As well, was he trying to save his own life? Or it was. I don't. Remember. I think it was a twenty. No, it was a twenty-two rifle. It got shot in the oh. in the arm and the back. I think. 
or Armin somewhere. Armin somewhere. I can't quite remember. Um, it's, it's screams of Oscar Pistorius, doesn't it? Yes. So he would actually undergo surgery for several hours. And it would actually eventually come out that he was shot twice by his wife at the time, Mercedes, who had a nickname Pelusa, which means fluff in Spanish. And in an argument, it was shot because in an argument that was allegedly about one of his many affairs Carlos would have over the years. And he never hid them. He openly admitted he was married and he slept with women as well. So in fact, in fact, in a strange situation, Carlos and Mercedes his wife at the time, they would actually adopt one child. And that was a child that was a result of one of his affairs with a different woman. You've got to be a good woman to agree to adopt a child from that your husband's had with someone he's having an affair with. Yeah, or scared. Like, or just scared, thinking, yes. Yeah, if, if he's powerful and he's loved by his country, he might have some sort of, like, manipulation over women saying, you know, you all these women will come after you if you leave me or... Yes, quite possibly. Now Carlos had problems. He of would course. he would why he had he would have widely documented problem with alcohol abuse and dependency, which would le- which would lead to further trouble, such as being under an assault charge for punching a photographer, Daniel Moreno. He was a troubled person even after he became famous. But it was while he was starring in a film called La Mary, Monzon would meet who was at the time the country's most famous actress. Uh, Susanna Jimenez and even though he was still married they would have a relationship for around three years now Jimenez is now a famous chat show host in Argentina by the time it would eventually would become public knowledge that Monzon would regularly beat her and he was regularly arrested and detained because of those beatings he wasn't ever actually charged with anything but he was a regularly arrest, regularly arrested because of the beatings and it was often she would often have to she'd be seen out with him but with big sunglasses on and, and things to cover up the, the bruises. Oh my goodness. So he didn't, he wasn't even like phased by the fact that people would see her in the cold light of day with like black no. and blue bruises. No. Wow. This man sounds like he was untouchable. Quite possibly. So after the breakup between the pair, Carlos would meet Alicia the year after and they would have an on and off relationship that lasted until her death. Now, over the time, during that relationship, she would be subject to domestic abuse at the hands of Carlos. So going back to the, the early morning in question, after the fall of the pair, Carlos would go on to explain to the police that they had been arguing, but Alicia had fallen and Carlos must have fell as he was trying to grab her to stop her falling, to mm-hmm. save her. Now, but he always claimed he couldn't remember exactly what happened. He'd lost memory of those few minutes before and after the fall. Now, an initial post-mortem would go on to show that Alicia died from a fractured skull and various other injuries that were associated with the fall. However, though, there's always an however in these. (laughs) Alicia's family were not satisfied with this and they had a second post-mortem performed. Now, that second post-mortem would go on to show that Carlos had already started hitting Alicia way before the balcony. There was blood evidence found up to and in the condo uh, that there was evidence that he had grabbed her by the neck that he had strangled her he had broken a bone in her jaw at a time and he'd strangled her not only strangled her but he strangled her to the point of unconscious so she was unconscious mm-hmm. when she left the balcony and he had then thrown her off the balcony and he reportedly he then threw himself off the balcony possibly to cover up his tracks and to give a little bit of credence and 
weight to his story. So how did she die, but he didn't then? Just look. Oh my goodness. And don't forget she was unconscious when she yeah. she fell, so he would have been able to like he hurt his shoulder, didn't he? And he broke a few ribs, so he probably cushioned his fall. Like if he oh, threw, yeah. if he threw her off, she'd have gone head first. Head first, yeah. No, because yeah. I was just I remember watching this documentary once, it was like if you're drunk and you fall over, you're less likely to cause damage than when you're sober and you fall over because if you're sober and you fell over, you're more likely to be rigid and therefore yeah. hurt. Right. But I'm thinking, obviously, he had the opportunity to angle his body to avoid landing on his head. She would not. So, no, that yeah. makes complete sense. Okay. But at no, at no point did Carlos ever show remorse. And it's worth noting that such is his popularity that after he was found guilty and he was sentenced to 11 years in prison, which is nothing, in Argentina, the maximum is 25 years. So 11, he killed his wife. 11 years for murder. He was found guilty of murder. And he only got 11 years. Yes. Wow. So, but such was his popularity that more than 100 people attacked the lawyer for Alicia's family after he got sentenced. Oh my God. Throwing, throwing, yeah, throwing objects at him and beating him. Yeah, because it's a lawyer's fault. Yes. Yeah, right. Okay, makes perfect sense. <laughs> so so Carlos did try to appeal, but he was unsuccessful. And after his conviction, Carlos would be quoted as saying, and this is the closest thing he ever got to admi admission, he would be quoted as saying, me and my bad temper are the ones responsible for this. Yes, me and my bad temper. Wow. So it, it's a half admission, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's as much as you're gonna get sometimes, isn't it? Like some people that kill will never give the full satisfaction of of that that confession, but will leave the door open, won't they? Yes. So the story does not end there, though. In January 1995, Carlos was given permission for weekend leave from prison to go and visit his family. Yeah, I know. So a few years after he got convicted, halfway through his sentence, yeah, you can go. Go home for the weekend. Why not? You're only a murderer. So, yeah, exactly. So he went to visit his family. And it was during that time, it was also reported that he even gave a boxing lesson to local children with dozens of children turning up to take a boxing lesson. And, but yeah, it's really odd that he was a convicted murderer, but he was that popular. Yeah, people send their children along to take boxing lessons from him. Yeah, of course. Like, there's a convicted murderer in town giving a boxing lesson. He's got like, you know, world titles to his name. Um, I'm yeah, I'll just send my kids over to, to go and learn the ropes. Sounds good. Why not? <laughs> so by this time Carlos was fifty-two and on his way back to prison from that weekend, he was in the car with his friend, Jomino Domingo Motera, and his sister in law, Alicia Guadalupe Professor. Professor, yes, sorry. And but he rode his car in an accident, killing both Giomino and himself. Oh god, with, was he with, driving? Yes, with his sister-in-law surviving. So he was driving. It was a single-person accident, so... Do you think he did it on purpose? No, because he had a, he was been out in a couple of years. He still had his money. He obviously still had his fame. Um, and he just... Apparently, he was just going too fast, and he rolled his car. He didn't mash into oh any, anyone God. else. So, yeah. Um, so... Really? It's crazy. So so much was this still his popularity. Now, at his funeral, thousands of people attended, wow. mourn, mourning him and singing in his memory, seemingly oblivious to the fact that he had actually taken a life. So at, 
Uh, yeah, I wonder how. No, I wonder how her family felt like seeing his name in the press again and seeing that he's died and there being people like thousands of people turn out at his funeral and they're thinking you took the life of my daughter six years ago and you know every like everyone you know was was just trying to get you out of keep you out of prison at the time and now you've died everyone's like celebrating your life that's just a real kick in the teeth isn't it exactly but even even when he was in prison the famous actor mickey rourke visited with him and he sparred with him and actually carlos got carlos knocked mickey rourke out and also after he had been in prison yes so mickey rourke came in with a film crew uh, sparring with him yeah and, and he knocked him out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and also, he would be indu- inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Oh, of course. So that was why he was in prison. Yes. And after his death in 2002, Ring Magazine ranked him as the 11th greatest fighter of the last 80 years. And later in 2011, the same magazine ranked him as the best middleweight title holder of the last 50 years. Monzon is. He's still that popular figure in Argentina. He has a statue celebrating him in his hometown of Santa Fe. And that's, that's a no happy ending to this, I'm afraid. So uh, what did you think of that one, Rachel? I mean, I'm just shocked. I'm just in shock. Like, how... I guess you definitely lured me into the false sense of security at the start with the the beauty of the country and the the young boxing man and his career and but then what a dark twist and a turn and um and 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 the shock as well that he's been celebrated so Mm. much even even in his death after what he's done it's it's crazy isn't it it is crazy there's a lot there's there's like the studies aren't there about how celebrities behave and are treated um, and that's both sides of the spectrum. That's in normal day-to-day life, how they behave and how they behave when they break the law versus how like non-celebrities are treated. And it's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I guess it was, I mean, it's been going on since time began, hasn't mm-hmm. it? So it's not a new ph- phenomenon, but um, I don't know why I say that word, but yeah, it's not new. Um, so, so for one last time, if it's safe for you to do so, I'd like you to relax. Close your eyes and picture the scene. You work hard and achieve all that you want to achieve. You get money, power, adulation, love. But does that all does that cure you from your demons? And if not, how do you handle them? So, so thank you all, um, and please do go and subscribe wherever you're listening to us now if you like us. It, it does mean a lot to us, and also give us your feedback. We we love that feedback. Absolutely. Yes, please do keep it coming, guys. And maybe at some point um, we will uh, take another recommendation from a listener. That was that was an interesting case and uh, good to good to hear something a bit different today. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're happy to listen. It may not be an immediate thing we act on, but yeah, we're happy to listen. And if we can, we will. So thank you. I don't know if we did or not. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for listening to us. And we shall... See you again soon. See you soon. Bye.